You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun. Senor, you've obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Wild Card Weekend with the Wingfoot Locks. Greg Hoyle with us after what was a, a very positive 2020 season. You know, we got here, we're in the playoffs. And, uh, and and I'm very optimistic that everything is going to go smoothly uh, to the big game. What do you think there, Greg? Yeah, I've got no, uh, no ill will heading into the playoffs. Happy they got through the season. And uh, what was the text I sent you? Tw- tw- uh, playoffs is when we eat. You yep. usually pick them good during the playoffs. So That's it. O- always looking forward to it. A, a, a smidgen of... Um, We've got at least a 10-year tradition of going out to my buddy's place uh, out in Harrisburg, and I think we're at least 10 to 12 years into that, and that's going to be cut um, to an end this year, so we'll pick that back up next year, but it's it's always been a wild-card extravaganza out there in good old Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, so... (laughs) All good things must come to an end, and we'll we'll start up another streak next year. All right, as long as uh, you know the best thing that happens when you uh, break a streak is to is to start a new one right away. Get back on that horse as soon as you can. So uh, next year, absolutely, I, I, li- I like to hear that. Um, so speaking of streaks, is there any team on a better streak right now than the Buffalo Bills as we head into the playoffs? Man, putting up a fifty burger on those Miami Dolphins. Uh, I was impressed by what their backups did in the second half of that game. You know, I I thought they were going to call off the dogs, and I thought Miami would mount a comeback at least a little bit. But uh, I think with a performance like that, I'm glad that the Miami Dolphins are not in the playoffs right now. I'll say it. Oh, certainly. Yeah. That that was a game that frustrated me. Um, I sent you a little note there too that 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 game kicked off, and I don't do a ton of live wagering, and I didn't get the plus three. And I was like, no, this isn't. Well, first first and foremost, I was going to do a first half play on him, and then I was like, ah, it was like just even in the first half. I was like, no, I don't like it, and I jumped to the full game for plus three. But in doing such, I missed out before kickoff. So, oh. like, when they started to roll them, I was like, ah, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> and with but that, what are you going to do? But impressive, with, impressive looking team. With that being said, uh, we're not going to leave anything to chance. Um, with, with labor being uh, imminent, uh, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and, and have Greg put in his picks as we go through this today. Uh, so that they are, he is literally going to be locked and loaded in case Labor Day comes. <laughs> yep, we got Krista's due today, and it doesn't look like little little uh, Greg Junior's coming today. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna we're we're gonna do live picks here as we go through the games. You'll see my attention drift to my left screen. I'm gonna put the bets in because you know don't want to miss a good handicap game uh, because you're in the hospital. And if he has to get up and run out of the room at any minute, you'll you'll understand why that, that's happening. So, that's an added level of Indeed. excitement here. It's like a big play, Indeed. sudden change of possession. Hey, 
Hey, man, maybe we could make uh, sports gambling, podcasting um, history here and deliver a baby on video. Dude, that would go, uh, that would definitely go viral. <laughs> This this can't happen. That that cannot happen. Oh boy, she would never let it happen. All right, let's get into these games. As exciting as uh, as as all of this talk is, uh, the Buffalo Bills here, man, six and a half point favorites against the Colts. The Colts were within a whisker there of winning the the division as things were going back and forth on, on Sunday, and they find themselves now they have to take the trip to Buffalo. Frank Reich is familiar with it, led the biggest comeback there uh, with the Buffalo Bills against the uh, then Houston Oilers, I believe, at the time. So he knows he, he knows a thing or two about Buffalo, but Josh Allen and the boys have things rolling over there. Uh, six and a half point favorites the Bills are in this one. Tell me what you're thinking right now and why. So we were talking about streaks earlier, um, and basically... If you're paying attention to the Indianapolis Colts game, it seems like every single game kind of plays the same script. It's, hey, I've seen this happen before. You were asking me, hey, what happened to their defense? I feel like they get out to these big leads, and then the defense loosens up a little bit. And in like that Pittsburgh game, for instance, they got way too comfortable, almost got way too comfortable with Jacksonville, right? And they started letting them come through the back door. So just like we did last week, we played on the Colts first half, and that was a winner. Um, We're going to do Colts first half again, plus four. Um, You know, little concern. I think the the primary concern is they're going up to Buffalo. They're a dome team. They're not going to be, you know, playing in a dome. They're going to have to deal with the elements. But I do think that this, you know, with Jonathan Taylor, um, who used to play in this type of elements um, out of Wisconsin and everything like that, I think, you know, they've got a pretty decent run game and they're not chucking a ton of balls downfield that I think that they won't be too um, immobilized uh, by going up there. And I think that defense, right, will, will play really well like they have in the first half. So I don't have the guts to do the full game. Um, because I've watched them let second half slip away. So I'm going to do the only the only thing I can, uh, and I'm seeing a plus four. Uh, it looks like lay 120 on that, but I'm going to take the first half of the Colts. Now, I look at this game, and, and there's, there's some big question marks when it comes to the Bills. So if you like the Colts, I mean, things, I guess, only go in your favor if it, it plays out right now because we're seeing that Stephon Diggs, is questionable with an oblique injury. You've got uh, Cole Beasley, who's questionable. I think he has a, a knee injury. Um, I, I, you know, I know that that team is deep. John Brown is there, obviously, um, and they got a decent rookie. Uh, I forget his name right now. Um, shoot, it escapes me. But they uh, that team is very deep. But I, I don't know if you take Stephon Diggs off of that. If you take Cole Beasley off of that. Now we're talking about like two of their top wide receivers out there. I don't know that they can make that up against what is a good defense in Indianapolis. So if you like the Colts, you go that way. That being said, man, just seeing what Buffalo has done uh, time and time again, they have won all of those games that they needed to. I thought that Miami defense was a good defense too, and they just made them look absolutely ridiculous. Uh, And they do it on all phases of the game. Special teams, I think they returned a kick last week too. So, you know, when you take that into account, um, I I think the coaching edge, you know, McDermott's a great coach. It 
it's it's back and forth in this one because I, I like obviously what they're doing over there in Indy. I, I can't have a play in this one um, on the number. I, I want to take Buffalo, but it, it just seems so square to me that if I was going to play on anything, I, I would have to go the other way and take Indy. So for that, uh, I'm staying away. Now the total. What, what you go ahead. what you should do, Joe, is take Indy in the first half, man. Indy in the first half. Well, I, I listen. I have a little bit more time than you do to make that decision. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let it simmer. It is the one o'clock game, and and you know, yeah, right. it, it's hard to you, kick you off like wild card hours. weekend without any action. Oh yeah, don't do that. Yeah, no, that would be. <laughs> you do you realize that I I cursed this new playoff setup last week on the podcast, being a simpleton and not realizing that that meant two triple headers. I like, know. What was I? How, how could I be mean-spirited about any of this? You were very concerned with having to watch backup quarterbacks play, uh, which Indeed. we're going to have to in the uh, L.A. Rams. We'll get to that game in a second. But look, when we had when we had only uh, six teams in each, each conference making the playoffs, we had to watch backup quarterbacks. So if I'm going to have to watch them, I might as well get an extra game out of it. You know? I hear you. All right. I'm hey. I'm, I'm. Listen, you think I care that I have to watch an NFL game with a backup quarterback? <laughs> I mean, it's it's like that. It's like the uh, the UK game, right? I felt like that's my only complaint about 2020. I, I didn't have the two breakfast games. What the hell? Yeah, that was a, a big loss. All right. So speaking of backup <laughs> quarterbacks right now, we'll see if the L.A. Rams have to go with their backup quarterback. Uh, he looked OK uh, against the. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, obviously. I mean, at, at the very least, he could move the ball a little bit up and down the field. He didn't cost them the game. Uh, you can't say the same about uh, the Arizona Cardinals backup quarterback. But there is a chance that Jared Goff plays in this one. Now, Greg, I got to ask you, Jared Goff or what is his name? John Wofford? Sure. Uh, <laughs> pro- pro- probably the healthy backup, right? Wow. Going with it. Dude, like, seriously, thumb, thumb surgery, like, what, 10 days ago? Right. I, I, it blows my mind. Um, but, I mean, who knows? Who knows with these injuries how, you know, how, how is the thumb? How's it going to be? Like, you know, do a little bit mo- of mobility. Let that defense go out there and eat and see what happens. Well, speaking of that. That, that, that pick he threw in his first pass. Because oh, uh, I was all, I was on the Rams last week and he throws his first pass and it's a pick. And I was just like, what have I done? <laughs> oh, no. What have I done? Any, anyone that wasn't thinking that, I like, you're lying. Yeah. Well, you know what? Speaking of that defense, though, man, uh, apparently a lot of people are, are high on that defense because this game opened at five right now. Seattle minus five. Uh, it's down to Seattle minus three. Um, and, you know, I actually ended up switching. Last week I said take Seattle in that game. I liked them. Uh, and then I ended up taking them first half because I was a little bit concerned about some of the scenarios that might have them taking off, taking their foot off the gas pedal. And in the first half it was three and a half. So I ended up losing as San Francisco kicks a field goal right before halftime with a field goal kicker who makes his first kick ever. Um, but And then I was kicking myself because Seattle was up to 10 at the end of the game and then Seattle gives up the touchdown uh, so I would have mm-hmm. lost either way so I felt a yeah. little bit better about that but I was cursing I felt myself. better for you when that happened I was like oh Oh, <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't feel so bad. So listen, these two teams split their games during the regular season here. Um, you know, I, I think that Seattle is is a team that has kind of, I mean, they started off so hot 
this season, right? And they looked so good early on. Um, they they had they didn't look as good down the stretch. Where do you put this Seattle team as we go into Wild Card Weekend now? Kind of more as a wild card, right? You kind of thought you knew who they are. They were. They were putting the ball wherever they wanted, right? Um, and now it seems like defenses have probably adjusted to that. That's that's probably got to be it. So it's, you know, I like them. You always think coach and quarterback. I always think coach and quarterback, right? So regardless of the matchup here. Whoever's in a quarterback, you have a worse quarterback, right? So, like, you don't get that typical Seattle home field with the 12th man and everything like that. But, right. like, I, I got to go with some Russ, even 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 though how lovely is it, though, that the whole let Russ cook thing just crashed oh and burned. Goodness. Right crashed about the time that you were, you were getting so pissed at it, too. <laughs> right, <laughs> because it was obnoxious and it was fantastic. But – but again, good good quarterback. They've been playing better D. Um, so you know, I, I like them better than than I like what the Rams are staring at right now. So that's that's a big deal. So I, I as far as uh, uh, this game goes, I don't have a play on the side here, but I really like the under right now. The under it's about forty two and a half. I see a forty three out there. I see a forty two out there. Um, but at forty two and a half, these two teams played twice this season. They scored, I believe, 29 and 39 points in each of those games. Mm. Uh, and one of those games, that that 39, I think they got a score late in there. Um, I think that the way this game plays out is that the Rams' defense has shown they can limit Russell Wilson, right? Um, they held him to 20 points in the loss. That was the one game. And that was the game, I believe, uh, where Goff got hurt. And then... The other game was earlier in the season. They held them to 16 points. So we know what the Rams can do against a healthy Seattle team uh, offensively. And then when you look at the other side of the ball, right, the big question is Seattle's defense. But if we're saying here that they're not healthy, uh, Los Angeles, and you're getting a banged-up quarterback in Jared Goff or you're going with the backup quarterback here, I think that plays into... Seattle's defense, so I and the familiar familiarity here between these two teams, I think that leads to an under in this game. I'll play uh, under forty-two and a half in this. That's my play. You don't? Uh, do you have a play on this one, Greg? Um, I didn't really going in. I can't disagree with anything you said, and you're you're kind of swaying me here. I'll make a last minute decision before we log off whether or not I'll put it in. I'm not I'm not jumping in right now to jump <laughs> in, but if I did, if I did anything, because as you're sitting there talking, right, I'm thinking, you know, hey, hopefully Goff does play, right, and the thumb's not great. Either way, if the thumb's not really there. It's going to be probably a pretty conservative game script anyway. Right. So from from that side of things, I, I think you're looking at backup or golf. The under should be pretty good, and if the the Rams can limit Wilson, I, I really like that situation. I don't recall that 39 point game, the last score, or whether it was garbage time or what happened. But you know, it's pretty convincing if you have two games that you know. 29 and 39 is good if it was really 32 and there was just a garbage time score at the end as well. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and so, and they also hold, held Russell Wilson to two interceptions, I think, uh, 
in that game there. He hasn't looked, obviously, very good against that Rams defense. But then again, who has this season? All right, let's move on to the next one because we're going to hit every game before we get off here. Uh, the Saturday night special, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could not have looked better. Oh, Greg holding his nose as they go to Washington to take on the football team, the 7-9 Washington football team, champions of the NFC East. Laying eight and a half points in this one. What do you think of this matchup, Greg? Uh, Alex Smith, baby. Yeah. Alex Smith. All Comeback way. player of the year. I So, you know, the, the equation, usually the equation, correct me if I'm wrong here, is pressure Brady up the middle, right? He's pretty immobile. He can get the ball out pretty fast. So teams that can get pressure at the D tackle spot is usually easier to get to him. Right. But you really just want to get him off his launch point. So that's always been the equation to beat Tom Brady is is pressure him and especially pressure him with the, the front four. I love I love what, hold can. on. I love I love when people say that though, because tell me what quarterback that is not a scenario to beat them, right? We're talking about the GOAT, yes, what, and we're pre- trying to find with, with your front four? Yeah, pre- just get pressure on the quarterback with only your front four linemen and uh and and that the quarterback's gonna burn you. That's not gonna happen well, ever. Well, well, it's not an incorrect statement, so right. correct me when I <laughs> No, 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 but everybody says it. I've heard it everywhere. But yeah, that's true of any quarterback ever. If you can get pressure on them with just four players up front, they're gonna have a tough time beating you downfield. I don't know. I think Ross cooks when you you put pressure up the middle. Yeah, not with four guys. <laughs> Maybe if you got it. Uh, so, so I think it's you know it's uh, just like the first game of the year, right? Strength against weakness, right? Um, and that's that's what we were saying about the Redskins was your strength is your your front four on defense, uh, and then games that what did we say uh, was it five and one? They're five and one in games that Alex Smith is starting. Yeah, so but you that's have straight a, up. They're five and one straight up. Right. Yeah. Right, and I and and the way I like to refer to Alex Smith is he's a professional. He's a professional quarterback. <clears throat> he's not Dwayne Haskins, right? So when you think about <laughs> the NFC East and it being a bit of a joke, you know, if Alex Smith is healthy and he's trotting out there, he's a pretty darn good quarterback. That's that's serviceable. So I wish I wish I had tape though from both of us when he came in in that game oh, against the Rams. And we were talking about how his fa- please stop showing this. His family looks like he's gonna die out there. That that still gives me anxiety yeah. just thinking about it. The, the look on his wife's face was just like I, you felt for her, right? So, but you know he's he's making it happen. Absolutely. I, I, he, I never disliked the player, right? I'm, I've never been like in love with Alex Smith, right? I think he's got his limitations, but he's always been an above average serviceable quarterback if you you know hence the winning record that he has when he trots out there mclaurin's going to be back gibson's going to be back that's good they've got the the defensive um line there um so i I just think i don't love arians as a coach i love tom brady i mean i i died on the uh tom brady um Tom Brady Hill last year, right? We went head to head against that. Mm-hmm. So it has nothing really to do with that. And just more, I'd like it to be a low scoring game, right? If you like the idea of, hey, if the Redskins are in it, it's going to be a tough fought. 
defensive game. I'm more into the Redskins and the under kind of correlated teams or let's, parlay. Let's get the team name that. right, man. It's the, the whole season. It's the football team. And I'm really hoping they stay with the football team. I, I don't care. <laughs> Obviously, I've been calling them the Redskins this entire little rant here. Yes. <laughs> My bad. Oh, boy. The, the, the football team, yes. known as the Redskins. For, formerly, formerly known can as. I call, yes. Can I call them formerly known as the Redskins? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, I'm with you. I'm with you on uh, the Washington football team this week. And and let me throw a couple things out there, okay? Uh, teams with a 500 or worse record in the playoffs since 2004, 6-1 straight up, 7-0 and against the spread. Think about that. Now, the yeah. thing that's different this year is many Small. times... Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we got ten games going on here almost. This will be two with two more this this year, so we'll see. Um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens in this one because you know there's no fans, right? That's the thing. Usually, when this happens, you're talking about a division winner who has the fans. Think back to the Beastquake game, right, uh, where the mm-hmm. Seattle Seahawks upset the New Orleans Saints or um, the, the the one game that stands out in my mind was the Tim Tebow led Denver Broncos that upset the Pittsburgh Steelers in overtime on an 80 yard touchdown pass to uh, Demarius Thomas there. Um, so there have been a lot of these games. I, I, you know, I think it's, it's significant where you look at it and say, okay, let me call it's cause for pause right there at the very least. Then I look at it and say, okay, I've been on Tampa the last two weeks, right? Uh, they have played some of the worst defenses. Everybody's talking about how well their offense is playing. They have played some of the worst defenses in the league down the stretch. So I love that because public perception is they are clicking at the right time. They played Atlanta, I believe, twice in there and struggled. Let's not forget Atlanta was beating them. They needed a big comeback. And we know that Tom Brady... And Atlanta just equals a big comeback in that one. They played (laughs) that game against uh, the Detroit Lions where Detroit didn't have any play callers out there. They were dealing with their own uh, COVID-19 outbreak. And then, of course, they end the season again against Atlanta and look very good putting up points. What concerned me watching that one was the fact that their defense didn't seem like it was playoff ready. They weren't making the stops they needed. That offense seemed playoff ready, but that defense did not. And so I look at that as a little cause for concern going into this one here against the best defense that they've played in about uh, you know a month to two months. Um, and so for that reason, I am on Washington this. One other note, you mentioned the pressure over there. When he was with the New England Patriots, what was the game plan there, right? It was short passes. They had one of the best screen games. It was the slot receiver. This passing game is one that takes time to develop. You have to get the ball down the field, whether it's Evans or Godwin or Antonio Brown. You need time to do that. I don't know if he's going to have the time this week against that front for Washington. And the last last thing I'll say is the last coach to win with a losing record in the playoffs, none other than Ron Rivera with the Carolina Panthers. So he's done this before. Give me the comeback player of the year, the coach surviving cancer. Washington has been through everything and then some this year. I think I think they at least cover this game. I'll take the eight and a half points. Sounds like a, a movie. 
five years from now. There you go. Uh, Dennis <clears throat> Quaid could play uh, somebody in there because I feel like he's in all those movies. Was the Beast Quake um, playoffs the same year as the Tebow to Demarius Thomas? No, I think, those they were, uh, years? I think it was a year after. I think 2010 was Beast Quake and 2011 was uh, um, was the Denver Broncos over the Steelers. But, I feel uh, like we, we, we watched the Beast Quake game together, but I can't be certain of this uh it's quite possible it's quite possible all right let's go to the next game here oh do you want to talk about you i have a note here for you on the correlated parlay with the under do you want to talk about that i just put it i put it at the end of my my thing that if you want to go if if your thought is and this is kind of where i'm leaning i'm just going to go with the plus eight But I'm kind of leaning whether you want to do parlay or tease, right, in that scenario and get it up to uh, what would it be at this point? You would have to get it up to 14 and a half, right? Do a six and a half point tease, 14 and a half under 50 and a half is what I'm seeing. That, That doesn't suck. (laughs) Um, so I, you know, if that's, if that's what you're looking at for a tease and I, I wasn't going to be prepared to give a tease, so that'll be it. Um, it's, it's going to be plus 14 and a half, uh, under 50 and a half. Boom. Lock it up there. All right, let's move on to the next game, a rematch that we've seen play out a couple times. This is becoming a rivalry, I think, here. Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans win the AFC South. They get to host the Baltimore Ravens, who have looked good as of late, running over absolutely everybody in the league, quite literally. Uh, I think they had more rushing yards in the last four games of the season than any other team in the NFL with that Really, you know, that three-headed monster is really just more of a two-headed monster, and Dobbins seems to be exerting himself as uh, as as the lead horse there, far and away down the stretch. He had some, uh, a nice end to the season here, and I think they uh, plan to ride him here a lot. Baltimore, the favorite in this one, three three and a half out there. Um, you got to check the numbers: some minus one ten, one fifteen, one twenty. It's all over the place. Um, but this is a really interesting matchup. Obviously, the Tennessee Titans ended. Baltimore season last year. They won in overtime this year when the two teams faced off. But that Tennessee Titans defense, Greg? Swiss cheese, baby. Oh, my. That's insulting to Swiss cheese. <laughs> like, I feel really bad right now, but they cannot stop anybody, seemingly. Uh, and that showed its, you know, it, itself again against uh, the Houston Texans last week as they needed that game to make the playoffs. So, what do you make of this game? First of all, Baltimore being the favorite on the road. Uh, disrespectful, yeah. right? And I like it. it. Get the boys up, right? So everyone's saying, hey, what's wrong with Baltimore? What's wrong with Baltimore? After they lost that game to the Steelers, who then limped into four straight weeks. Well, eh, four out of five, right? That that Colts game was impressive, them coming back, right? Just with the doctor's order, you play the Cowboys, the Jags, the Giants, the Bengals, and the Browns, right? Browns being the best team, obviously, with the the best record there. But that's who uh, the Ravens have gotten to play the last five weeks. And this this is what saved them, right? This is what's made them look really well. And they handled that schedule. Good team. I, you know, I, I think I liked them multiple times during those weeks. 
you'd be crazy to not be a little bit concerned about Tennessee's defense, right? right? People are going up and down on their defense, but that offense is potent, right? And if you're talking about, and I always talk about it, head coach and quarterback, I trust Tannehill 10 times more than I do uh, Lamar Jackson, right? Where they, he got, he's gotten schemed out of the playoffs. Right. Um, you know, I, I think he's got a lot to prove, but I don't know how good of a thing that is that he's got that much to prove. Like, that's a lot of pressure. What's he owing to now in home playoff games? He made a comment, which really perked my interest up, that uh, there's a lot of great football players that have never won a game in the playoffs. And I went, what? Whoa! (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. See, that is... Whew, get yeah. a, get a PR person to talk with them and do <laughs> so give me a tweet at them right and just say hey you want you want to know how let's to walk that back a little, a little bit, bit here sheesh uh, well hopefully that maintains that he's one of these <laughs> great players that doesn't win a playoff game so I'm gonna buy it you and I were talking about the number I'm gonna buy it to three and a half because I only have to lay one fourteen there so I love that. But I, I, I like this this Tennessee team, right? I think they've been pretty consistent, and and I know there's going to be a lot of scores, right? So I think team with the the ball last wins. Is that is that fair to say? And if the team with the ball last wins, and Tennessee's up by four, and the Ravens are driving down, and they do have a successful drive, then we could still win with three and a half, right? right? So from from that side of things, I. We were kind of looking at the over because it seems like you, you there's not going to be that much defense in this game. Uh, I was a little intrigued with the first half over of 27, but I'll probably just do the the plus three minus um, 114 and and move on. So yeah, and actually I'm, I'm going to get much better odds by the way. But from when we talked 20 minutes ago, because right now it's plus three plus 106. I don't know if anything happened, like somebody got injured or something came out. <clears throat> but I'm going to get it at like minus 105 to buy my nice my half so, my half point. By the way, yeah. And if you want to look at that, that's that's fine um, because I'll take it for a second here because you know we were talk we were talking about the over um, before we started this year, but I, I do think there are some causes for concern. You know, as I'm saying, 30-24 was the final score of the game last time. It took overtime to get there, right? Obviously, that's 54 points, still not enough to cover the over. And I think the big thing that you have to look at here is because of the running games that these two teams have. Um, you know that if either of them can't run the ball, it's going to be a struggle for their quarterbacks out there. And I think, obviously... You know, we have to say Baltimore has the better defense of these two teams. That it's going to be a little bit harder for um, Brian Tannehill to overcome that um, that defense if he doesn't have the running game with Derrick Henry. But the thing is, he has actually looked pretty good against the blitz this season. Um, I think he's got. I was looking at this before we came on here. I believe it was like 10 touchdowns to four interceptions um, when he's been blitzed, which is what the Baltimore Ravens like to do to bring pressure. So I, I think that they could get burned, um, you know, on some on some deep shots there. And that complement of wide receivers is just, I think, one of the most underrated groups in the league with Brown and Davis and, you know, Jonu Smith emerging as a really solid uh, tight end out there and a huge threat in the red zone. And and the other thing that I think is going to be key, we all talk about Lamar Jackson's ability to run the ball. I think Ryan Tannehill 
does not get mm-hmm. looked at enough for his ability to run the ball. And even if Derrick Henry is there as a decoy, man, on those read options, you can't not go with Henry. You can't yep. not go with Henry. You have to let Tannehill uh, take that because next thing you know, Henry's gashing you. So it's going to be interesting to see how that stable of backs goes against Derrick Henry. King Henry did it in the playoffs last year. Um, I think at least in the first game of the season, look for him to have another uh, big performance. And and I think Rabel has shown that he can scheme to coach against uh, Baltimore. I it, It's so hard for me to go out. I was big on Tennessee last year. I've been on him so many times this season. I can't say Tennessee in this one, but I will tell you it's Tennessee or pass, right? right. I just, that defense right. just scares me so much. But it's three and a half points or pass on that one in my mind. Let's move on to the next one. We gave the people plenty on that game there. Uh, the next matchup we're looking at is the game that I have predicted for several weeks on this podcast. So I, I have an obligation here to take it. The Chicago Bears backed their way into the playoffs. They head to New Orleans to face the Saints. I told you that this game was going to be a Sunday game. There was no way with Alvin Kamara not being able to play if it was a Saturday game that this game was going to be scheduled for Saturday. So the Bears have to go into New Orleans. Uh, They're getting 10 points in this one. which is the biggest number on the board, obviously, to open Wild Card Weekend. All right, I'll take first stab at this, Greg, and then you can tell me why I'm wrong. You're taking only stab at yeah, this but, one, brother. Go but, ahead. Yeah, Go but nuts. You, can, you can hold me to account. Hold my feet to the fire here. So we already <laughs> talked about the teams that are 500 or worse in the playoffs and the success that they have had, right? Especially against the spread because they get no respect. Um, the playoffs is like a, a – I think part of the reason for that is is because the playoffs is a fresh start, right? We saw in week one of this season the Jaguars beat the Colts. Let's not forget that. Everybody has hope. Once you're in the playoffs, again, everybody has hope. The one thing that I like in the playoffs is defense. And this defense, again, I still don't think I know what Aaron Rodgers was able to do to them last week, but if you know, that game got away a little bit late down the stretch. They kept them in that. Um, there was that, you know, it was it was a one score game until it was very late in there. So you know, I think that that part of it is going to be very interesting. The other thing is that the Saints throughout the season have had a problem um, when it comes to pass interference calls and and being a little too aggressive on the edge. Look, you got the better coach. You got the better quarterback. I can't argue with either of those things. Um, I just think that the defense of the Bears is going to be going to be able to do enough to keep this game close enough to... Uh, to keep the Bears in it in this one. They're going to be healthy. It was very interesting. I noticed that most of their defensive studs, like Hicks and Mack, were not practicing this week. And it seemed like it was just not injury-related, just resting out there. Um, so I think that... I, I, I don't know how I feel about that approach by Nagy, but you know I kind of like trying something different um, and giving those guys a little bit of a break there, especially when they had that game against uh, Green Bay, which was was a tough one. Um, I think that they can do enough. I think this game is going to be lower scoring. I think it's going to be muddied up. And we saw this last year. New Orleans has not had that success in the playoffs that I feel like that they should have had. Last year they lost to the to the Vikings in that first round. It just feels like this Bears team 
everybody I'm just looking past them. And I think that causes a little bit of trouble for the New Orleans Saints this week. I'm going to take the 10 points in part on principle because I've been saying it for two weeks that I got to take the 10 points and that this Bears team is a dangerous team. I don't feel so bad that they lost to Green Bay because Green Bay is that good, right? Like they are both sides of the ball. Green Bay has a history of going. There was a lot to play for for Green Bay too. I don't feel so bad that they lost that game. They've been given a second chance. They've been given new life here. So they're playing with house money at this point. They're going to play loose. <laughs> Go ahead, Greg. I'd like to debate that you're strictly picking this game on principle because you you predicted it and you're, you're pot committed at this point. But <laughs> they put they, – you don't feel so bad that they lost to the Packers because that's what they do when they play a good team. They right. lose, and they lose in a pretty pretty convincing fashion. Uh, are you bold enough to make the prediction a la 2012? While you were talking about this, I, I had like my mind went back because it blew my mind when Alex Smith outdueled Drew Brees back in 2012 in that playoff game. Do you remember that? 2012. Was he with the Chiefs I, that year? No, he was the, the, the Niners. Oh, this okay. was the, the 49ers, uh, 2012, Breeze on the road, back and forth, 36-32. I, I pulled it up, pulled up the box score because I wanted to make sure. Here's my major thing, right? With the Redskins plus eight, you're backing a professional quarterback at home. Granted, right. there's no there's no fans, right? But you get the same advantage that you get with the Chicago Bears, which is a good defense, right? But the other advantage is you actually get a good a good quarterback, right? right. Which I'm not giving well, Trubisky good, a good quarterback. Yeah, right. Alex Smith is a professional quarterback. No, I agree. He's, I agree. I always think that when they called him a game manager, I always thought that was selling him short. Look, the guy's won everywhere he went, right? He won in, in Kansas City. He won in San Francisco. He, You know, he's winning now, so... Right. So what I'm challenging you is, you know, all of 2012, man, put your money where your mouth is. The money money line outright win by the Bears on the road at well, the Superdome. If I do that, then I have to go I have to go money line on, on Washington as well. And I'm not saying that maybe a little sprinkle wouldn't be fun to just uh, throw down there. I, I think that the Saints have too much talent for that in, to lose this game outright. I, I do think there's just an element of looking past them. I, I also... Look at the fact that the Tim Tebow, right, won a game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can't remember if that was – I think that was at home because I think they won the AFC West in that one, um, and it went to overtime. But it was it was just uh, an interesting matchup, you know, when Tim – it was devastating is what it was. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Many hearts were broken that game. Yes, yes. Um, the, the, the last leg of many teases – <laughs> went out the window. So. Remember, remember exactly where I was. I was actually in Conshohocken. and I actually watched that game in Conshohocken, uh that year, it, and it was on this street. I was on this street watching this game. Is that my my buddy's place who used to live on this this road? You, it's funny the the bad beats that you remember. Oh right? yeah, uh, I, I feel like the so many pots that you've won. You never you never remember the pots that you've won. It's the the bad beats. Of course, of course. Well, let's get to the last game here. Uh, the Cle- speaking of of bad beats, man, Cleveland. 
basically holding on at the end of that game against Ooh. Pittsburgh. I'm glad I jumped on Pittsburgh there as we were talking that one out. But oh, with all backups, you know, they didn't have two of their studs on defense. Obviously, no Ben Roethlisberger. And now they got to deal with COVID. And their play call is not going to be there. This line opened at three and a half. Uh, Pittsburgh minus three and a half. It's up to uh, Pittsburgh minus six right now. Is there any reason that you anybody in the world could take Cleveland in this position? So it's not at least the good thing is, at least from the research I'm looking at and debate this, if you've got numbers that are different, it's not as square as you would think in as much that it's 4060 is what I'm seeing it right now. So that makes me feel a little bit better. It's it's interesting because I disagree with every bit of this fandom, but my, my brother moved out to Cleveland and he flies the, the Browns uh, flag high, which I think is despicable. He should be an Eagles fan. <laughs> but uh, he I, like we had a conversation about Baker Mayfield and I said, hey, the equation is if they can do well enough on the ground and keep this a close game where they can keep pounding the rock they'll be fine. But if they have to rely on Mayfield to, you know, win the game, I've got very, very little confidence in that. And the fact that their head coach is out, that makes me feel even worse. So we, we may or may not have a, a Browns future. And when I say we, uh, I have a very small portion for taking said bet, uh, because I have zero faith. Uh, but it just, it's, Quarterback head coach, right? Quarterback head head coach. I get yep. Tomlin Roethlisberger versus Mayfield, and their head coach isn't there. Right? Who's who's performing these duties? I, I probably should have looked into this, but who's calling the plays, and then who's taking over the head coaching responsibilities? I I don't know the answer to this. I I quite frankly don't care, but that's to me a very real question. So. Alex Van Pelt is going to be the uh, play caller, it seems like. And then there was the thing about how Kevin Stepanski can still call some Cleveland Browns plays. uh, They're talking about, I think, scripting when they go in there. Um, That's adorable. Listen, we saw how bad it was for Detroit, right? I mean, different situation, obviously, but they just looked hapless um, in that game against the the Buccaneers. Um, Yeah. this is I, I look it, it's the squarest play I feel like um and I see yes, I see it at 6139 which means all the money's got to be the other way uh, obviously on Pittsburgh so um, I don't know that it was a money move I think it was a situational move they, I think they, part yeah. the move it opened at three and a half and before all this covid stuff happened um they it already had gone to like four or four and a half and then covid stuff happened and I think it drove it to six but none of, and and my only thing there is, so what? Like, what four and five are key numbers now? Like, look, who cares? Right, right. If I'm not at three and I'm not at seven, I don't care. I don't care if I get four, five, or six. I, I'd prefer four, obviously, because I'm not stupid. But I, I don't care between four and six. I'm still going to grab it. Um. Yeah. And let's not forget that the first time these two teams played this season. Um, I believe Pittsburgh won thirty-eight to seven uh, early on in the season, so that was that was a big thing. Look, the big reason people I think sold on the Steelers 
had to do with their own COVID situation and their own scheduling, man. When that was brutal, right around the time they were playing the Ravens and then playing Washington, all those things were getting juggled around. They had some injuries. Like it was it was just a brutal stretch for them in their schedule. I, I think that that's behind them, uh, honestly. And while I don't think they were as good as their 11-0 record would have indicated at that time, I think they're closer to that uh, than what we saw down the stretch here. Look, I, I, I'm on the Steelers in this one. Uh, I, I just can't I can't put stock in the Browns uh, in any way, shape, or form. So I might uh, I, I might have to deal with this in a little bit of a uh, in, in a tease situation too, Greg. Um, although sometimes well, that's a little sticky. I would encourage with the line at minus two seventy five. What what would you think about? Because instead of doing a tease, you could do a money, money line parlay, yeah, and then you know maybe maybe tack on what was you know tack on your Washington pick, not your not your Chicago right. pick, right? <laughs> right? So that that way, if you catch the front end on Sunday night, then you've already got a back end. And if I'm looking at this in real time, right, you've got the Redskins and the. And if you're going minus two seventy five, is that the money line that you're seeing it at? Uh, currently, I can't see because my screen is too crowded. It's, it's, probably, it's probably close to that. So it's it's one to win one sixty, right? So from that side, that side of things, if you want to go um, now, if you want the Redskins to be getting fourteen and a half, right? Because I wouldn't do any sort of tease, and if we can. Tell people out there, please, please, please don't do any teases that land on 14, 14 yeah. with the Redskins because that's just a mess, right? You you could do it up there, but then you would have to lay, what, 240 to 60 to win two, right? If you're in right, that. Right, if you go to seven and a half. Lay, yeah, lay 120 to win one. So I'm kind of liking this. I mean, quite frankly, as we're talking, like I feel like I'm not going to be able to get enough money down on. And this is my, this is my gut, not my book. Like, heck, man, I got a little one coming here. I I've got a lot of confidence in Pittsburgh, but I want to save a little, a little for the old college fund. Well, although of course you could just pay for college right now. The Greg Hoyle, the Greg Hoyle mantra. The less you bet, the more you lose when you win. That, that is the that is the Chris Belika mantra oh. uh, that, that that I have used with you. That's a fantastic line. Uh, that you know, it's just a delightful delightful thing that we love to hear. We'll get that on a T-shirt think, and start I, selling them next. I season. think yeah, I think that's going to be on the the little onesie that the little guys uh, the little guys wearing as we as we come home here. I've I've thought about getting some handicapping uh, onesies for him to rock. So maybe, maybe we can put that out there. Is there is there a wing foot lock out already? By the way, what, is, are, does he go into playoffs? What do you mean? Is, is Chris going into playoffs? He has in years past. I haven't seen him put one out yet this week. He did a, a summary on the season out there. The wing foot lock is not posted as okay. of yet. Well, maybe maybe we'll have uh, 
Greg underscore thoughts tweeted him and, and say the, the people need their picks, Chris. Please do. Chris, the people need their picks. Please do. All right. With that being said, let me wrap up the picks. I'll go for a recap here one more time because there were uh, lots of games to be had. Greg likes the first half of the Indianapolis Colts against the Buffalo Bills. He says take the Colts plus four in that one. In the second game of the night there, we are both on... No, I'm sorry, that's the nightcap here. Sorry, my screen got all screwed up when I was trying to find the money line. The LA Rams and the Seattle Seahawks, uh, neither of us on a side. I like the under 42.5 in that one. Uh, The late cap is Tampa Bay taking on the football team, laying eight or eight and a half. Find the half there. I'm rolling with Washington and Alex Smith. We both are on that one. He also likes Greg's tease of the week is take Washington and the under at 50 and a half and 14 and a half. Uh, On Sunday, the slate opens up with Baltimore and Tennessee. I say it's Tennessee plus three and a half or nothing. I can't see taking Baltimore. Um, and then the Chicago-New Orleans game, I am taking the Bears plus 10 on principle because we are nothing if not principled. <laughs> and, and just to comment on the last one, I'm saying load up on Tennessee. Load up on Tennessee. Wow. That is a strong play. And then also, he's not going to have enough money, he says, though, to put down on Pittsburgh. <laughs> We both like Pittsburgh laying the six against Cleveland. That is your wild card roundup from Wingfoot Sports. Check out the Wingfoot Locks Instagram page. I think Chris Portente will have one up there for you for wild card weekend. He's already shaking me down for Super Bowl boxes. The game's like a month away. So uh, he does that like two and a half months out. I'm like, no, this is preposterous. The guy gets excited, man. He wants your box numbers. And he wants to know, and he, and he wants it paid in full uh, months in advance. It's a hot ticket. It's a hot ticket. <laughs> Greg, any last thoughts before you become a dad? Because the next time we see you, uh, I, I don't think there's any way. If, if, if you are not a father, the next time we see oh. or talk to you, your wife yeah, is going to have killed you. Yeah, there, there's going to be trouble at Bruin if, if there's no child next Friday. Uh, but all we care about is a health, healthy child and uh, that the, the picks for the pod uh, win. So can those get, are the, the can, two top priorities in order this week. Can I get a correlated parlay with the child being delivered and something tied to your life insurance policy? Because I, I, I can't see a parlay here where, where you're still alive and this child is not out in the world yet. So well, He'll make a little appearance as long as he's here next Friday. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you, everybody, for listening this week. Enjoy Wild Card Weekend. And as always, remember, it's not whether you win or lose. It's whether or not you cover the spread. Talk to you next week. Next week.